So Money Episode 475, Matt Mayberry, author of Winning Plays. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. We've got a guest today who had his dreams totally crushed at the young age of 22. Do you remember when you were 22? Maybe you're not even 22 yet, but when I was 22, I was, I think, graduating from college, going to grad school at Columbia. I, you know, was just sort of trying to figure things out. Our guest today at that age had just started to dedicate his entire life to the NFL. He became an NFL player at 22, actually making it to the big leagues, playing for his hometown team, the Chicago Bears, and then having it all go away after one game, just one game. Matt Mayberry is here today. He's a former linebacker for the NFL Chicago Bears, had planned on being on the team for about a decade, but he lasted just one game. He suffered a life-changing injury. And so what did he do? Well, he got really depressed as one would. But then he decided to take back control of his life and start his own company. Why not? Matt Mayberry Enterprises. It's a training and consulting company that specializes in maximizing the performance of individuals and organizations all over the world. And of course, Matt pulls from his own life experiences to inspire others. And his list of clients include big corporations, Fortune 500 companies, NFL and NBA teams, government and nonprofit organizations, professional associations, hospitals, universities, you name it. They want him there to help their people learn how to beat adversity. He's also one of the most read columnists in Entrepreneur Magazine. And of course, he has a new book out. It's called Winning Plays, Tackling Adversity and Achieving Success in Business and in Life. In the book, he talks all about his own failures, his setbacks, and how he ultimately reclaimed his strength and started over. On the podcast, Matt also reveals an even earlier setback. Before being forced to leave football after the injury, Matt was addicted to drugs. How motivational speaker Stedman Graham, and of course, life partner of Oprah Winfrey, helped Matt change the course of his life. He gave him 20 minutes to make a decision. And Matt speaks at over 120 events a year as the keynote. How does he get these gigs? It's a selfish question. Here is Matt Mayberry. Matt Mayberry, welcome to So Money. Congrats on your new book. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Very excited. It's very rare to actually get to the NFL. You got to the Chicago Bears, unfortunately Mm -hmm. experienced a, an injury that had you on the sidelines. And during that time, you decided, I'm going to transition to a different kind of career. And, and now you have this you know, polished bio, you've got a book out, you're writing for Entrepreneur Magazine, everything seems to have fallen into place. But certainly there must have been a time when you just didn't know how to connect the dots. Yeah. So you take me to that place. Take me to the time where you had no idea what to do. I'm sure mm-hmm. you were crushed I yeah. mean, to get to that point of playing for the NFL, that's such an epitome. And then to realize, to have that self-realization that maybe you need to figure something else out and quickly, take me to that place. What was it like? 
Absolutely. You know, I was I was extremely crushed. You know, here I was since six years old. I had a dream of playing in the NFL. It wasn't always necessarily an NFL dream, but just being a professional athlete. And I eventually reached that childhood dream. And here I am not only playing for the Chicago Bears, but also playing for my hometown team, the Chicago Bears. So it added so much more emotional um you know, to the so much more emotions to the equation. And when I got hurt playing the San Diego Chargers, my whole life came crashing down on me. And I had no idea what was in store for my life because I ended, I ended up reaching an injury settlement with the Chicago Bears. You know, an NFL team just can't cut a guy and let him go when he's hurt. So what happened was I reached an injury settlement with them. And right then and there, I had no idea where my life was headed or what I was going to do next. You know, I, I, I met um, two weeks prior um, I met Stedman Graham, you know, Oprah Winfrey's yes. boyfriend of 30 plus years. And, you know, we were talking at an event that I was doing for charity when I was with the Bears and he really liked my story. And when he found out I got hurt, he said, Matt, I'd love for you to speak at this leadership event. I think you'd be great. Um, you know, my first initial reaction was uh, I got a D in public speaking in college and I'm terrified <laughs> to speak in front of a group of 20 people. I think I'll pass. And not to mention, Farnoosh, I was depressed and angry. You know, I, I just okay. lost my dream. I was completely depressed. I wasn't talking to any friends or family members for at least two weeks. And here I was, at, you know, at what, 22 years old, completely lost about where my life was headed. And, you know, my first initial reaction was, hell no, I'm not going to do this event. But when I hung up the phone and he said, give him a call back in 20 minutes, I thought long and hard about it. And right then and there, I knew that I was starting to feel sorry for myself and letting my circumstances really dictate not only my happiness, but also my destiny if I continue to let my circumstances really dictate what my next move was going to be. So I, I called back and I said, you know what, I'm in. And I, I took that risk. I was nervous. I was scared. I, I still wanted to play in the NFL. I just reached an injury settlement. I didn't know where I was going to be in five years. And long story short, Farnoosh, speaking at that event really helped me discover my true purpose and passion. Um, and six years later, it's a full-time business. I got about six employees, uh, travel around the world, speaking to Fortune 500 uh, companies of all sizes. And uh, it, it's an incredible blessing to know that you know, my biggest blessing was discovered through one of my biggest failures. 20 minutes, he wanted you to call him back, not next day or that evening. Why do you think he wanted you to call him back rel relatively quickly? He didn't want you to wallow in your misery for too long, probably. Well, from that aspect, it benefited me because I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. You know, mm -hmm. I just had to make a decision and go. But in reality, why I had to call back and, uh, you know, so soon was because the meeting planners of that event, ah. it was kind of last minute. <laughs> you, you probably quickly found that the audience really, really loved your story. There's nothing like living failure through someone else's failure. Absolutely. And you know, I think that's what really helped me is to, you know, be able to resonate with the audience, whether I'm talking to a university's football team or a, you know, group of 2000 Fortune 500 executives. It's talking about my failures. And, you know, a lot athletics is a, very much alike in business. You know, all the characteristics and traits that it takes to win in the game of business, the same things I had to apply to, you know, reach that level in the NFL. So they kind of they go hand in hand. So I, I connected really well with being able to tie kind of the professional athlete message into the world of business. So right from day one, I wasn't necessarily always a good public speaker, but I, I really started to develop that story and being able to translate it into the business world to make sure that the audience was getting actionable ideas 
that they can leave the event with. Your book, your new book, Winning Plays, Tackling Adversity and Achieving Success in Business and in Life. This concept of having to overcome adversity, it's not a new concept. How do you put a fresh spin on this? You know, for, for me, it's, it's really being able to turn those failures into gifts. You know, I think failure, adversity, hardships, tragedy, no matter how dark, you know, a tragedy may be in one's life, it's an opportunity to really turn that into a gift and, and really a breakthrough for the future. You know, I think the more we can redefine what failure means, society in general has deemed failure as something negative. So I think the moment that you can really start to deem and really have put the perspective is that failure can really help you get to where you want to go, I think the better off you'll be. And uh, that's really the goal of this book is to, to not only help people redefine what failure means, but also give them strategies that helped me overcome a teenage drug addiction that nearly killed me, you know, get an injury settlement, a career ending injury with the Chicago Bears, and then so many failures all throughout my life, which I describe in detail in the book, um, to really how did I turn those into, you know, stepping stones for really to create a bigger future for my for my life. So in summary, how did you do that? I mean, I didn't know about the drug addiction when you were a teenager. That to me alone, to be able to overcome that and then still make it to the NFL, that is, most people can't even do that in a lifetime. And do yeah, that all you know, it's, uh, you know, I always say, uh, no matter who I'm speaking with is, uh, association is everything. We are who we hang out with. And at 16 years old, Farnoosh, I started to hang around with, you know, drug addicts, drug dealers, people that were committing crimes. And ultimately I instilled their habits, what they were doing on a daily basis, um, I've done every single drug you could think of besides heroin. My mother seen me do cocaine five times. Um, my best sport growing up was baseball. I was actually getting recruited to play in the major leagues. I got kicked off my baseball team in high school because I stole one of my teammates' wallets because I saw the $100 bill in there and thought about all the drugs I could buy with that money. So that's kind of a short glimpse of the life I was living at 16 years old. I was able to overcome that chapter in my life due to the love and support from my mother and father, as well as my grandparents and all the people close to me. Um, I kind of had an awakening uh, when I had to go to a drug treatment program two weeks into that, you know, my father, one of the strongest human beings I've ever met, you know, kind of broke down in tears and and said, Matt, what are we doing wrong as parents? You know, how can we help you get out of this dark, depraved world that you've been living in for so long? And it was that conversation with my father that really transpired, um, you know, the beginning steps to really turn my life around. And that's when I discovered the power of goal setting. I set a goal to get a Division One college scholarship offer. And it was that night uh, two weeks into my drug treatment program when I really started the building blocks to really, you know, build something incredible out of my life. And now you're very busy, as you mentioned, running a business, traveling the globe, giving speeches. How has your new stage of success um, redefined your relationship perhaps with money? You know, it's a, it's a great question. I think you know, one of the one of the biggest things that I've been able to do over the past, let's say, eight years is really educate myself. I think if someone had to ask me, what is one piece of advice that you think everyone should know about money? And it would be education. I think so many people are walking around uneducated, not knowing what type of investments they should do, not knowing certain retirement plans that's going to help them, their children and their grandchildren down the road. And really just a lack of awareness of you know, how to make your money work for you. So I think for me, what I've been able to do the past couple of years is really start to have my money work for me, whether that's in an investment, compound interest, um, you know, a lot of things that you talk about. And, and it's really just 
just living, you know, in your means. I think a lot of people, especially being a former athlete, um, you know, we could talk about that briefly as well. I, I thought I was the the richest kid in the world and ended up blowing all of my money. Yeah, that what I made. was your first paycheck? Excuse me? What was the first paycheck as an athlete? Uh, what was the contract? 15,000. For, for very first one that I've ever had was 15,000. So, um, so that was, that was, I think my largest from like an actual paycheck. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but of course you had aspirations of making bajillions as an, as an NFL athlete. You know, I had, uh, you know, goals and (laughs) to make, you know, listen, I had a, I had a dream to play at least nine years in the NFL. I lasted only one game. So, um, you can see kind of the disappointment that I had back then, you know, six and a half years ago. For you, what was the biggest education? If you, if education is the most important thing when it comes to strengthening your finances and your strategy around money, what for you was the biggest education? You know, the, the biggest for me was just learning how to make my money work for me. You know, I, th- I, I, I never knew that I could really have, you know, my money work for me. I think so many people don't realize that um, it's not about going to work hard. Sure, you want to work hard and uh, work smart. Obviously, two and the, you know, those two go hand in hand. But at the same time, you want to try to get your money work for you. So for me, it was, you know, investing in some startups, um, really going the investing route as far as, you know, what are some businesses and things I could get associated with uh, the different stocks, getting familiar with the stock market, just just things that you can do to really try to help you. Um, you know, it's not instant gratification. I think that's really where the you know one of the biggest negatives that people have with money is they want they want right now. They want to see a return right now. And uh, in the investment, as you know, it's it's the long game. I'm all about the long game, thinking about 15, 20 years from now. So that's kind of how I approach my money strategy. What was your biggest financial failure to date? How old are you now? 28? 29. 29. Okay, I guessed. What would you say so far was your biggest money failure, regret? My biggest money failure without a doubt was when I blew all of my money that I made from the Chicago Bears, without a doubt. What'd you blow it on? Vegas, partying, (laughs) (laughs) partying. Shoes. I, I think one of my biggest athletes uh, love shoes. Back, I mean, I have literally over four hundred pairs of shoes. Athletes love um, shoes. Why do you think that is? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe being an athlete, I was just really obsessed with uh, you know shoes. I just had a weird obsession with shoes. I think a lot of my teammates might have rubbed Influenced off on me. You, and, yeah, <laughs> just buying you know watches and going to Vegas every other weekend. And um, did you go just into carelessly debt? spending on things that that really didn't matter? Did you go into debt? I did not go into debt, no, but I completely blew all of my money to the point where when I got hurt with the Chicago Bears, I had to go back and live with my parents at 22 years old. Yikes. After being, you know, here I am, an NFL athlete, you know, people notice me when I go out and um, I was living just such a great life. I achieved the childhood dream and here I am moving back in with my parents with an injury. So not only on top of being depressed about the injury, but I'm also, I have no money, I'm completely broke and I'm living with my parents. How soon after or long after living with your parents broke, did you start to become more financially independent? You know, it it took about, I would say, a year and a half. Um, You know, when I started speaking after Stedman, even though that that moment in time really helped me 
you know, really find what my true purpose and passion was. And I started to speak word of mouth got around. I wasn't getting paid what my speaking fee is now. Um, you know, a couple $500 there, you know, 600 here, maybe 300. It really was whatever a local organization or group had to pay me. Sometimes it was for free. Um, so it, it didn't happen overnight, but I would say it, it really took about a year and a half after my injury to really get back on my feet from a financial standpoint. I'm curious also to learn how you you just get home one day and go, I'm going to have a website. I'm going to, I'm going to piece this story together. I'm going to like recreate my, the who I am story of, of Matt Mayberry and um, start marketing myself it, because at some point uh, the offers started to come come through. You know, you're a very in-demand speaker right now. And of course, you're a published author. So uh, what was the conscious strategizing around the brand building of Matt Mayberry? In the beginning, there really was no strategy. You know, that's uh, that's the crazy thing about it is I literally, after I spoke that night with Stedman, I said, wow, this is really, you know, I, this is really what I want to do. I, it was so, I was so emotional to the point where I had tears in my eyes after the event when I was sitting in my car. You know, I thought about my injury and getting hurt with the Chicago Bears, losing my childhood dream, and then being on stage in front of hundreds and hundreds of people just really ignited me and, and really gave me a type of energy that was even greater than playing in front of 85,000 fans. Um, so it was a truly incredible feeling. But after that moment, I, I didn't say, I need to build a website. I need to do this. I kind of just went out, shared a message. I spoke. And at that point, I was not talking about the drugs. I was not talking about my my past as a 16, 17-year-old. The only thing I was doing is really sharing all the things that helped me get to the NFL in the first place because those ideas and strategies you know, could be implemented in, in any organization to help their, the employees of that organization. So that's kind of what I was doing. It wasn't until I consulted a few mentors um, who are currently authors and speakers such as Stedman, John Gordon, Matthew Kelly, um, you know, some well-respected authors and speakers. And they said, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to get a website up. You need to actually start talking. You need to be authentic and vulnerable and start sharing your full story. You know, it's a powerful story. You overcame such a dark time. And, you know, when you were 16, you know, share that. There's learning lessons in there. There's growth lessons in there for people. So share that. It would make it that more impactful. And when I started to do that, when I started to really get serious about strategizing my story and telling it in such a way that people can learn from it and apply it to their own life, regardless of what they did for a profession, that's really when everything started to take off. And that's when all the pieces started to to get put together, such as the website, my brand material, my, you know, my niche market, which kind of I thought, honestly, it was going to be athletics, being a former athlete. I never in the beginning said I want to be speaking to out of 130 keynotes I do a year. I would say over 90 of those are from the in the business world. I never said that in the beginning. You know, I kind of just took my message and ran with it. And the business world was very um, accepting of that. So that's kind of how it, it really developed for me. All right. Let's go down memory lane a little bit. I would love to learn a story about little Matt growing up and, and maybe your first, uh, experience or understanding of money. You know, I think my, my, uh, my father always tell me money doesn't grow on trees, <laughs> right? You know, that, that famous saying that we've, that we've all heard at one point from our parents more than likely. Um, you know, he would always, always say that to me, not necessarily that I, I believe in that. Um, but, uh, that's when I date back to being 
you know, nine, 10 years old. That is one story. Um, I remember him telling me that almost at least every other weekend when I wanted a new toy or a new, uh, you know, bat for baseball or whatever it was, I remember that, you know, he would always say money doesn't grow on trees. Growing up, was your family very talkative about money? Was What did you learn from your parents about money? For, from them, I learned about saving. I learned about you know, living beneath your means and really just working hard every day and, and setting yourself up. Um, you know, they're, my dad's an iron worker. He's been an iron worker for the past, you know, 40 years. Um, you know, so they got the blue collar work ethic. We're going to work hard six days a week and, you know, we're going to save, we're going to enjoy, we're going to take some vacations. Um, you know, so for them, it was really all about, I learned, you know, how to be frugal and how to, how to really, um, you know, make the right investments as well. My dad taught me a lot about in, investing in the, you know, the stock market and some things that I should get, you know, really participate in that really is going to help me, you know, 15, 20 years down the road and eventually even my, my children when I have children. Mm-hmm. All right. So Matt, you're very busy. You, I see you're doing over a hundred keynote speeches a year. Is that right? Something Correct. Like, okay. How how do you get these opportunities? Where who's who's hiring keynotes almost, you know, every other day? I mean, every I mean, like, you know, associations, Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100, I mean, all organizations usually have an award dinner, sales event, um athletic organizations, NFL, NBA, um, you know, every college usually brings a speaker in for the beginning of the year. Um, you know, obviously associations as I mentioned, that's probably one of the more well-known ones because every association has events throughout the year. Um, you know, so there's associations literally for every industry and in every city and every country. Um, so there's a lot of different events taking place throughout the year um, to where speakers are in demand for those events. Great. All right. Let's talk about a habit that you have that helps you with your finances. What's something that has really been pivotal for you? Automatic, you know, automating, you know, my bills, automating, you know, paying myself every month, every other week, whatever it is, certain months are different, but really just automating that instead of, um, it's been a game changer for me. It really has just knowing that every month, you know, this percentage of my paychecks going in, you know, to my retirement or for whatever, you know, I want to put it in this money is going towards investments and then this amount of money is going to bills. Um, so really just setting up an automate automation system that I don't have to think about it. It's just done. Mm. Do you still buy shoes? I do not. You do not. (laughs) I do not. No, I do not. Is it more like a post trauma or is it just that you have found other uh, things that you'd rather spend your money on? I just, you know, I think it's a little, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think I've, uh, I realized that what a bad habit, money habit that was buying all the shoes that I bought. And I, you know, definitely have realized with what you just said, there's, there's a lot of other more beneficial things that I could be spending my money on than shoes. (laughs) Yeah. So when you approach spending, what thoughts go through your head? Do you have a philosophy around money management? I really don't, you know, I mean, I, um, you know, for me, it's, uh, you know, I've kind of done done well for myself now to the point where um, it's less, you know, I know when I was first starting, it was more of, you know, I, I can't get this, I want this or, um, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to save this for that. You know, now I don't really live like that um, to the point where I, I have a little bit more freedom to where I can, you know, indulge in myself, whether I want to take a vacation, whether I want to buy this or, but, but to be honest, most of my 
spending habits are for my business, you know, to help what's going to make my business grow, what's going to help me grow as an individual. I go to conferences still, even when I'm not speaking. Um, so I'm always investing in myself. So I think I let go of the uh, shoe habit <laughs> and instead really picked up the personal development habit uh, to really invest back in Matt Mayberry. Awesome. All right. Let's do some so money fill in the blanks, Matt. This is the part where I start a sentence and then you finish it. And maybe we'll learn a little bit more about how you like to splurge along the way. Uh, if I won the lottery, let's say you won a hundred million bucks. The first thing I would do is help out the inner city of Chicago. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like you were a victim of that? I do not. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a uh, Chicago suburb, so I wasn't in the you know inner city uh, growing up. But what happened was, um, you know, I started to hang around with inner city kids because they all once there's a project in Chicago called that used to be called Cabrina Green, and they tore those down when I was in high school, and all of the kids that were in there kind of migrated to the suburbs. So um, some of those guys came to my high school and even surrounding areas. And that's really who I started to associate myself with. So maybe you can say I was a victim of that. Um, you know, but I chose to hang out with them. I don't, I don't blame them. I don't blame them, you know, taking down those projects and them coming to this area. Um, but that's kind of, kind of what happened there. How about this? When I spend my money, the one thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better or both is Personal development, without a doubt. So whether that's a new book, um, you know, a new audio book, a new conference that I'm going to, um, you know, different retreats, whatever it may be, uh, you know, something that's really going to help me grow as an individual. Who are your gurus? Who do you look to for inspiration? There's a lot of people. I learned from everybody. You know, just the other day, I learned uh, learned from a homeless man. You know, I'm over here complaining about, you know, the traffic, and here's a man just being grateful for being alive. You know, so it was it was a I only said that story because I learned, I really do try to pick up a lesson from every interaction, every conversation that I have. Um, but some of my mentors, as I mentioned earlier, John Gordon, Matthew Kelly, uh, Tony Robbins is another, another great guy who, you know, been around forever. He's kind of like the grandfather of, you know, writing and speaking. Um, so there's, there's quite a few people that I learn from every day, whether that's, you know, reading books, uh, listening to audio programs, and then even a couple phone calls a week with my mentors. Or just observing life, keeping Absolutely, your eyes open. Just observing life. When I splurge, I don't buy shoes apparently anymore, but I do like to buy blank. Hmm. It's okay to have fun, fun with your money. You know that, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm a watch guy, so I... Uh, okay. Splurge on watches. That's <laughs> that. That's the closest to my uh, shoe spending. All right, good, good stuff. I'm, I'm thinking of a watch purchase. Is it going to be in my future sometime soon? I, I watches for me. I like so many watches that I can't fathom like spending so much on every single watch. All right. When I was growing up, the one thing I wish I had learned about money is that regardless of circumstances, you can create wealth for yourself. When I donate, I like to give to blank because... Boys and Girls Club, because the children of this world are the future of our world. And last but not least, I'm Matt Mayberry. I'm so money because... I am so money because I love life and everything that money can do for you.
There's so much more ahead. You're only in your late 20s. I feel like such a grandmother interviewing you. Truly an inspiration, Matt. Thank you so much. And congratulations on your new book. We wish you more success. Book is called Winning Plays, Tackling Adversity and Achieving Success in Business and in Life. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Farnoosh. I really appreciate you having me on. It was a blast. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Matt, his website is mattmayberryonline.com. He's also on Twitter at Matt underscore Mayberry. If you missed any of this, just head over to somoneypodcast.com and you can access the podcast, the transcript. You can leave a comment and you can catch up on archived episodes. Also, leave me a question. Click on Ask Farnoosh. Send me what's on your money mind and we'll connect for an upcoming Friday episode of Ask Farnoosh. Thanks for tuning in. Hope your day is so money. Money.